Do you ever have a great pairing like tahine and mangoes? Or fried clams and tangerines? And it just makes each part taste different, maybe even better than they would on their own? This is Juxtapose, the podcast where we bring you two tasty pieces of art to see what they're like together. I'm your host, Bee Forkin. And I'm Sarah Peacher. Let's dig in. I'm bringing to the table today a short essay by the American writer Joan Didion. The essay American Summer was published in 1963 in the magazine Vogue. Before getting into the essay, here's a little bit of background information about Joan Didion. She was born in California, Sacramento, specifically in 1934. She died more recently in the year of 2021. She was an American novelist and essayist whose voice has been admired for both its precision and elegance. Her prose style has been praised for its lucid and incisive descriptions. She began her writing career shortly after winning an essay competition for Vogue magazine. At Vogue, she worked as a copy editor and then as an editor. Her work was noted for its personal narrative that came to be known as, quote, New Journalism Movement, which was a literary movement in the 1960s and 70s that pushed boundaries of traditional journalism and nonfiction writing. The movement combined journalistic research with the fiction craft elements of storytelling to report on real-life events. Writing throughout the 60s and 70s, her work was famous for capturing the mood, atmosphere, and cultural shifts within American society. She brought a sense of clarity to the page and has been described as a sharp observer. But a lot of criticism has described her writing as one that is very stylish. In an essay in the, in the New Yorker, Hilton Alls wrote, quote, Her genius, and it was genius, lay in her ability to combine the specific and the sweeping in a single paragraph. To understand that the details of why we hurt and alienate one another based on skin color, sex, class, fame, or politics are also what makes us American. The short essay for today is American Summer from 1963, and this was actually towards the beginning of her writing career. This essay is about aspects of seasons that we remember or don't remember, but is especially focused on the season of summer. The essay opens with the theme of remembering a summer from our youth, but yet perhaps we don't remember the summer in which we were married. What struck me the most about this essay is how short it is, especially compared to some of her longer essays. There's such a precision to the descriptions that reminds me of the compression of poetry with these vivid sensory details. In this essay, she describes a summer in her youth in which she begins to learn how to escape from the world. In her mind, summer is a time of escape. So she writes, Summer is, after all, the season of escape, the landscape in which to contemplate alone our failures and our possibilities, the safety valve, the frontier that none of us wants or can afford to see closed. The essay continues to describe a type of woman who doesn't need to escape because the woman who doesn't need to escape just readily accepts her position in society as one who just copes with it. The woman who copes is the one who has a kind of, quote, emotional efficiency. The essay explores the idea of restless dissatisfaction in which Didion describes the idea of reaching contentment by altering certain conditions in life. For example, using phrases such as, if only, or it will take, and then assigning materialistic things such as clothing to fulfill a feeling of emptiness inside. 
Once this materialistic object is acquired, Didion says that the promise of a new life didn't actually materialize as the big black hat promised to do so. Didion continues in the essay that summer allows a kind of freedom that involves experiencing a kind of privacy. She writes, Instead, we can sit in the sun and let the edges begin to heal, sleep our nerves in salt water and in iced fresh water, and even in, it works just as well, sometimes better, the chlorinate filtered water of aquamarine blue pools and keep for a while to our disorganized selves. She then describes the kind of sensory details that children and herself remember of the season of summer. I love this line. We may not remember where we were going, but we do remember the hot and littered airports everywhere. The night jets between New York and California that flew perhaps five nights a week with six and seven passengers, four of them in shirt sleeves. There's a theme throughout this essay that includes ideas of shimmering possibilities and the sensuous and sensory lush of summertime. The essay then ends with all of these places in summer are to be alone, to offer escape. Today I'm bringing to the table Sinead O'Dwyer, a designer, fashion label, and the artist herself, and I'll be focusing mostly on her spring-summer 23 collection. My favorite look in this collection was the 28th one to come down the runway, and I picked this one because it felt most like I could see myself wearing it. I'm not sure to what occasion exactly, but I really loved it. Uh, and also, I can't necessarily afford luxury clothing, but yeah. <laughs> one day. One day. <laughs> goals. Life goals. It's this low-rise white silky pant with garter-inspired straps on the pant, and it has a wide leg. Plus, on top, there's a sheer corset-inspired sleeveless piece in this lovely lavender color, and it has some satin trim that catches the light really beautifully. I like the colors a lot and the simplicity of the overall design uh, that has these deceptive details. This also marries a couple of the themes that I saw throughout the collection, these more tailored menswear-inspired pieces and gauzy ethereal tops and dresses. To take a step back and look more at the collection overall, Sinead created this collection inspired by formal orchestra wear, which is inspired by her mother's work as a cellist. Across the collection, the imagery of the cello pops up. There's cello-shaped jewelry, curvature and round holes in the tops, dresses, and full-body jumpsuit pieces, perpendicular pleating on some of the satin tops that's interrupted by a horizontal block of fabric on the front, which is very reminiscent of the strings and the bridge of the cello. There's also slight nods to dancewear with the more casual pieces, and the bodysuits create similar shapes to the laces of a ballet shoe. Many of these pieces fit in with the larger trends happening in fashion with ballet corps and a surge of suits lately. But what makes Sinead's work unique, aside from the design decisions that we see? Earlier in her career, Sinead created a lot of pieces using silicone molded to her models' bodies, and the models that she chooses are not what the fashion world would call sample size. In every collection of hers, Sinead crafts garments that fit a wide array of bodies, but each piece fits the body it was designed for to a T. 
In the more formal wear of the spring-summer 23 collection, what I noticed was her attention to creating shirts and tops that don't just accommodate a larger bust size, but use darting and pleating to create a beautiful shape to the top that fits the body perfectly. While the art of creating pieces that are tailored to the body is not anything novel in the world of fashion, especially luxury fashion, the types of bodies excluded from modeling luxury pieces are the ones most present and highlighted in Sinead's shows. And this is something we can definitely talk about a little bit more, V, because I know you had some stuff to say yes. about it. Sinead is very vocal about how and why she chose to become a designer and is creating the work that she is today. She said her grandmother taught her to sew growing up in the Irish countryside, so she comes from more of the lineage of sewing as a craft before she got into designing. As for her intentionality with the models she chooses, she said in an interview with Dazed, quote, I want to make sure that the system perpetuating the cycle changes. Brands need to show as much consideration for larger bodies as they do smaller ones and not just attempt to cash in on the body positivity trend with a few well-placed curvy models in a campaign, end quote. Mm. I love that. Me too. Most recently, a look made by her was worn by Barbie Ferreira, who's known for her role on Euphoria um, for an L Canada shoot. Sinead's pieces are also for sale on Sense, which is cool, though I will acknowledge, again, they are nowhere near affordable for most people at this moment. So I'll let you start by talking a little bit more about Sinead, because I know you had a really great connection to yes. her work and sort of yes. the, you can link it again to Didion as well. Okay, so I, yeah, I had never heard of her work and I was just so excited to experience her work itself and then also the videos where she's talking about it, some of her different collections and things. So I am Irish. I'm an Irish artist and writer, and I have this built-in bias of intrigue around the kind of work by women in Ireland. So in college, I studied Irish cinema, and I learned a lot more about the social conditions for women in that country, especially around sexuality. There was this thing implemented by, of course, the Catholic Church, which dominated Ireland for many years after they gained their independence from Britain. And the Catholic Church was so punishing towards women who displayed any kind of, of sexuality. It could have been mm. what's considered deviant or just they're really pretty. Mm. It was this thing called the Magdalene Asylums. These are prison-like confinements, which are meant to place women who deviated from societal expectations such as being a teenage mother or having an abortion or being literally just you're just a pretty girl the last of these institutions didn't even get eradicated until the early 2000s Whoa. so yeah that which is like not even that long ago so it's not like we're talking about the 1950s these were women they were they were abused and these asylums too mm-hmm there's a really cool movie called The Magdalene Sisters. It came out in the early 2000s, which was when a lot of Irish cinema was exploring the social conditions. 
And a lot of the filmmakers working in that time period were rebelling against these kind of fake ideas of what Ireland was, which was like a rolling pastoral idyllic world of women with red hair, like, you know, like (laughs) frolicking around, like honestly, the social conditions were like harsh there. So anyway, so Ireland, because of the patriarchal control of the church and on the country, there's, it's just been a very harsh society towards women. And a lot of like women's expressions have been censored, especially um, writing and art in general. So it's like given that extra layer of like context about mm-hmm. her makes it even more exciting for me to just have experienced her work. So what I love about this designer um, in the work is that it's so sensual. Mm-hmm. It's like unapologetically sensual, sensual, and she challenges industry standards, like you were saying, but intentionally highlights parts of the female body that society wants us to erase or overlook, such as pregnant bodies, the midsection. Fashion, of course, is a kind of expression very tied to the body and can often work to conceal it. I honestly was moved to tears to see a huge pregnant body wearing something not ethereal or mythical or saintly, but Mm. something really sexy, like almost close to a dominatrix kind of clothing, but that the pregnant belly was not concealed as well. Mm. It was very much on display in this amazingly sexual and radical way. Something about... Joan Didion's work is her challenge to ideas of female expectations, but also there is sensuality to her work as well. Mm. I see these pieces colliding in their exploration of the sensual, the female, but I see them diverging with Didion's emphasis on escape and O'Dwyer's insistence on being present. Through the choice to include so many bodies that are so often not included in showing so many aspects of the body that society doesn't really want to look at. Mm -hmm. So this is where I felt especially connected to it. Like I've gone through a pregnancy and the clothing options are beyond frustrating. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, they are partitioned off from regular clothing and they're designated by quote maternity. They're absolutely ugly (laughs) And objectively non-sexy, kind of just like frumpy bag-like clothing. There's even entire separate stores dedicated to just maternity clothing. And they're just like meant to be like functional and utility kind of clothes. Mm. And while I like the idea of a store dedicated to clothes just for a pregnant body, I feel like the idea of separating them makes it this alien thing that the non-pregnant bodied person then has no reference to. I think it is so important to integrate all the expressions of a body into everyday clothes so that people can have like not as much ignorance around it. Mm -hmm. So there's actually this Instagram account that involves a host like just asking random men to tell her, the host, what they know about female anatomy, menstruation, and pregnancy. And honestly, like... It's, like, truly astounding, the amount of ignorance. And I just think more visual representation and diverse representation can help to just have less ignorance because you're, like, forced to see it all the time. You're Mm -hmm. forced to interact with it. It's not something that's, like, shameful or not even shameful, but just, like, 
It's not foreign anymore. Exactly. It's Alien. everyday life. Yes. Yes. So those that's my long rant about my, like, deep connection to O'Dwyer. I love it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. So tell me how you discovered this amazing designer. It's hard to remember precisely how I came across Sinead's work. I think it was during a fashion week of some sort. And... I'm pretty sure I came across it through social media, whether it's another fashion influencer that I follow or someone, I don't know, just was shouting out her work. And I just was drawn to it instantly. So I went and checked out her profile on Instagram and was just scrolling through, really loving a lot of the pieces and feeling like she was she was fitting in with what was happening in the fashion world and all of the things that I love about fashion, but she was also standing out in the just super unique creations that she was making. I had not seen other work exactly like hers, which you can't say about every single fashion house. A lot of them are creating similar things or are trying to be a part of this conversation and not really adding something very special to it but Sinead's work really was. So I went down the rabbit hole of, well, first I followed her, and then I continued to just watch how her work has continued to develop. Let's, should we shift gears a little bit and go into how the two... Intersect? Yes. Let's. Okay, so have you read any other work by Joan Didion? Yeah, I've read her book, The Year of Magical Thinking, um, not gonna lie, it wasn't the best thing I've ever read. Yeah, I've heard that's not her best book, but yet it won an award. Mm. I've heard that people don't like it. And also a lot of people have complained about her essays too, as being like, annoying that she can come across like her voice can be like really annoying. That is the sense that I got reading her <laughs> book, honestly. Yes. Uh, I don't know what it is exactly. It Maybe it's a little bit of the sense of privilege that she speaks from. Especially in her book, she's found wide success as a writer at the time of the Year of Magical Thinking. And she's able to easily fly out to see family members when she needs to, to have the support that she needs. So I think it can come across as a little bit like... Self-absorbed. Yes. A little yeah. bit like... Poor me that bad things happen to me in life. Which, bad things can happen to privileged people too. Yes. But maybe it's important to acknowledge that things could be a lot worse. Yeah. So, um, I agree with that. Though, I will say that I really did like this essay. And I feel like this essay captures some of her talents as a writer and I wanted to know, were there any other aspects you saw in this essay colliding or diverging from Sinead's work? I saw the idea of sensuality being present in both, mm -hmm. but I saw more of an insistence and a confidence by O'Dwyer to not shrink away from it. Whereas in Didion's work, I saw this desire to escape from it rather than be almost confrontational, which is how I would describe O'Dwyer, though I don't know if confrontational is the right word. It's more of just this 
kind of brazen confidence of this is a body, this isn't uh, something to be hidden or changed in any way. She refuses to escape, which is so refreshing and brave and inspirational. So those are my thoughts on it, but I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, that reminds me of there's a brief moment, one of the memories that she talks about of wearing a like a silk dress or a silk gown without a shift underneath. And that's where I started to see sort of, I started to get images of clothing in my mind that led me to Sinead. And I loved that moment because it was one of those relaxed, like, oh, I don't have to wear so many garments to be able to just be in this moment. But as you said, it's more of a, it's more of a moment where the person or people she's talking about wearing those items are hidden away in a New York apartment on a balcony rather than literally walking down runways at London Fashion Week. Yes. I think that brings me to a similar point. Sinead said in an interview with ID, I think it's quite shocking how luxury fashion is allowed to just so openly discriminate, and it does have an incredibly negative impact on mental health. Wow. Thinking about how we dress ourselves or the options that are available for us to choose from when we get dressed and how that impacts our emotions for the day brought me full circle right back to Joan Didion. Where do you see her linking fashion and mental health in American Summer? I think I've mentioned it a little bit with the silken dress moment, but where else do you see it? Yeah, I feel like there is that theme of escapism throughout, and there's a couple of sentences that she has in the essay where she's talking about this lie of capitalism that if you buy a certain object, it's going to somehow alter your life or change it in some way. It only shows up in like a couple of sentences Mm -hmm. in the essay. One of them is about... These women who, if they only have this hat, for example, their life is going to change in some way. And so it's assigning this out of their league aspirations to clothing that's going to alter their life in these major dramatic ways. So there's that element of escapism, but then also the other element of escapism too, where you can just change out of your clothing and change into something else that makes you feel like more of like your authentic self in some way, like the slip that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In some ways, in some ways, Didion is sort of knocking the power of fashion. And maybe that, that made me want to push back with Sinead's work because she's creating pieces that so fully envelope people's bodies and, look like the most comfortable things that I've ever seen because a lot of the discomfort for me when I'm wearing a piece of clothing is that it does not fit me correctly. I imagine putting on one of Sinead's pieces that has been designed and tailored to my body and just feeling so much more myself than in any other piece of clothing I've ever worn. And maybe I just need to try some more well-tailored clothing. Yes. Her pieces with the fabrics that she's chosen too just look like it's not that they make her models into entirely different people it's that they 
cradle the person that they are already. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like that. There's no concealing. There's no conceal concealment of the body. Right. It's there. If there's any sort of flowiness to the fabric, it highlights the body's movement a little bit. Escape seems to be a very key word in Joan Didion's essay. It appears pretty quickly in the essay. If you were to bring that over to Sinead's collection, where do you think that appears? You've mentioned it a little bit, but... I feel like in O'Dwyer's work and her like artistic statement is to actually escape, or rather, I don't know if escape is the right word. It's a transcendence, to transcend the confines of the fashion industry, to escape these ideals that we've been forced to embrace Mm -hmm. and be uncomfortable yeah to like yeah and it's like it's so stupid and i just like i can't even believe that in this year of like 2023 like we still have to push against these the patriarchy (laughs) like we still have to we still have to push now more than ever against it against confinement yes against confinement and didion does similar movements in her essay of talking about the the type of woman who she's working hard, God bless her, but she is confining herself to a p- particular standard. And what Didion wants is the comfort and relaxation of summer. And that's what she's capturing in the essay. Yeah. Thanks for listening to today's episode about Sinead O'Dwyer's fashion design and Joan Didion's personal essay on summer. Please check out our website at the link in the description for more information about this episode. If you have feedback or a pairing you're dying for us to talk about, send us a message there as well. We'll be back again in a couple weeks with another episode.